The book of 2 Kings tonight, 2 Kings, what a wonderful song, I love that song, and we need to be reminded that our God is bigger than any storm we face, uh, He's above all things. I found myself, of course, I've been on vacation and was out a little bit because of sickness, and this morning as we sang the hymns, I was thinking, man, those are some of my favorite hymns, and we sang the hymns tonight, and I'm thinking, those are some of my favorite hymns. We hear this special music. Man, that's one of my favorite songs. Then tonight, well, those are my favorite songs. I think I, I think they're all my favorite. And now you get to hear your favorite preacher. Aren't you? Aren't you excited? Aren't you excited about that? Uh, I didn't see the humor in that, but anyway, Second uh, Kings chapter number two, and I want to give you a very simple thought this evening. And we're going to read uh, the first eleven verses of chapter number two, and then I'm going to ask a question. Uh, as the title of my message, and uh, I, I do just want to leave some very practical, simple things, and uh, I want to uh, pave the <coughs> one of those messages to help us, uh, again, uh, j- uh, check our priorities. Uh, we need to make sure that we are faithful. We need to determine to be faithful. I enjoy the summer months because uh, the schedule is a little bit more relaxed and um, uh, things of that nature. But also, as a pastor, I worry about the summer months because everything is a little bit more relaxed and we want to determine to stay faithful. I also believe and I also know that God has been very, very good to us. And as I stand up here tonight and I see all those walls out of the back and I know how many people are gone and yet how many people are still here And it just reminds me of how far God has uh, brought us through the last several years and knowing what is on the horizon. And I want us to continue to be faithful. And the subject I'm preaching on tonight is something that we need to uh, be reminded of. It's important that we approach uh, the days ahead uh, with this in mind. Verse number 1 of 2 Kings chapter number 2, And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said... Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire, 
and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Verse number 7 again, And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And they too, Elijah and Elisha, stood by Jordan. I'm going to ask you a question tonight as a title of the message, Where Are You Standing? It matters where you stand. It matters where you position yourself when it comes to the things of God. Where are you standing? Father, I pray you use this simple thought tonight. Uh, Father, you know as I uh, look through these notes, you know uh, these are things that you've put into my heart uh, in years gone by. And Father, I pray that you would help your church tonight. And may we be reminded of some very important things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we read this passage of Scripture, certainly we are aware of the Old Testament prophet Elijah. What a mighty man of God he was. Uh, he was the thundering uh, Elijah. He was the one, uh, he, he had his weaknesses as every man does. But what, a, what a mighty used prophet. Elisha, who comes behind Elijah, we know his ministry, and we know that if uh, you study the, the ministry of Elisha, Elisha was used to do twice uh, the miracles that Elijah was. And we come to this passage of Scripture to find out why that was to take place. Uh, Elisha stuck with the man of God. Elisha was with Elijah. I don't believe it was necessarily because he loved Elijah's personality. I don't know what Elijah's personality was. I don't think it was because he reminded him of a father figure. I, he may have. I don't know. But I think it was so evident and so obvious that Elijah had the power of God. And that is who Elisha was serving was God. And so Elisha was with the man of God. And now we find something very interesting in this passage of Scripture, and it's what I want to bring out tonight to remind us. We know, because this is a familiar Old Testament Bible story, Elisha stayed with Elijah and witnessed him being taken to heaven in that chariot of fire. We read the Scripture, and Elijah said, uh, you know, you wait over here. Elisha said, no, I'm going with you. And he said, okay, what can I do for you before I am taken? He said, give me a double portion of your spirit. Give me a double portion of that power. And Elijah made the commitment that if you see me be taken, it shall be so. We know that Elisha witnessed this. But if you look at this, and usually that gets the focus of the story, and, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to look a little bit closer, if we can, this evening. And something jumps out to me. Elisha was not the only preacher boy, if you will. Elisha was not the only one who was being trained for the ministry. We find right away that there are those, the sons of the prophets. There were those uh, who were in training, if you will. There were those who were involved, but they were not as close to the action as Elisha was. They stood, up to, they, they chose to stand afar off. As a matter of fact, they kept reminding Elisha, today Elijah's leaving you. Today Elijah's leaving you. Today's Elijah's leaving you. Uh, but I wanted to notice something very, very important to you, and I think it's important for you and I to take note of. Elijah, or Elisha, chose where to stand. And I'm afraid that if we're not careful, uh, we can find ourselves in the company of the sons of the prophets. 
And we can give ourselves, make excuses. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, Pastor doesn't want me to serve in this capacity because, and this has been said in the past, well, I'm not one of the favors. I'm not, well, where are you standing? The, the sons of the prophets chose to stand afar off. They didn't want to make the commitment to go all the way. I believe that's true in our country today. There are pastors and preachers who don't make the commitment. They stand afar off from where they could be standing. Uh, Elijah went, Elisha went all the way with Elijah. Is this making sense tonight? There are Christians who they're saved, but they don't take that first commitment to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. They're still standing afar off. There are those they've been saved and baptized, but yet they do not unite with the church. They don't get involved in the church, and, and they don't jump right in, and they're standing still afar off. There are those who would be members of the church, but yet, they had yet not, they're not committed to giving and tithing. They're not committed to serving. They're not doing what they could do. They stand afar off. They can still be identified as a son of the prophets. There's no shame in being the sons of the prophets, except they were not standing where they could have stood. I believe there was more room than just one by the man of God, Elijah. But there were some who positioned themselves afar off. They were not as close as they could be. A statement that you and I need to be reminded of. You and I are as close to God as we desire to be. Our Father does not play favorites. He will allow you to be as close to Him as you desire to be. And you and I must make the effort to get as close to him as we possibly could be. Do you realize the way God designed his church? This church is a supernatural uh, institution. Jesus himself founded it. He's the cornerstone as we preached this morning. Uh, He's the one uh, who established the church, and it's a way for all of us to serve the Lord in some capacity. Praise God for the church for all that it does, but praise God for the church. It's a way for us to serve. But you know what it takes? It takes for us to stand where we ought to be standing. Uh, we could do more, perhaps, if we would position ourselves to do more, if we'd make that commitment. Let me just make four observations, and we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be leaving. I'll be done in about 15 minutes with point one. <laughs> Number one, those that stand afar off have a lack of commitment. Um, Elisha was a little more committed than the remaining sons of the prophets. Those that stand afar off, I thank God, I thank God, and I've been your pastor long enough. We've been through enough together where you know my heart. I thank God for every person who's a part of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I thank God for everyone who walks through those doors, no matter how often they walk through them. I thank God for our church family. But as your pastor, I want to ask you a question tonight. How committed are you to that same church family? How committed are you to Christ's church? How committed are you to the church that Jesus established? And the answer to that is where are you standing? Are you standing where you could stand? Or are you standing afar off? I don't believe for a moment that Elisha had some special... He had a special privilege because he was willing to position himself. But I know that my God is not a respecter of persons. Uh, My God will empower anybody who wants that power to do a work for him. And those that stand afar off have a lack of commitment. You know what's hurting our our nation more than anything else? It's a lack of commitment on God's people. Well, you know, you you, you, you have to be careful today to put pressure on a Christian to be back on Sunday night. You want me to come back on Sunday night and then Wednesday night? 
That's, that's a lot of commitment. Well, I won't, well I won't, we, we, need, we, need, we need somebody to sing in the choir. We need somebody to serve as an usher. We need somebody to work in the nurseries. Well, you mean, you know, consistently? Well, yeah, we, we need that. Well, that takes commitment. I just don't know if I can commit to that. It's a shame that we will, we will commit quicker to a Walmart credit card and a monthly payment or a 30-year mortgage or a seven-year card note than we will to God's church. Now, this is something that we all have to ask ourselves this evening. Where, have, where are we standing? I want to be in the middle of the action when it comes to God's work. I want to be committed. I want to be wherever I, I can be and, and do the things that God would have me to do. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you fully committed to following God? Are you fully committed? Well, the answer to the question is that's where you stand in. Could you be, could you be more involved? You know, I, 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 want, I don't want you to do anything that God doesn't tell you to do. I want you to serve God in the capacity that God wants you to serve. But I think it's a, matter, it's a question that we have to ask. Those that stand afar off have a lack of commitment. I have never regretted in my life committing myself to God. I've never regretted it. It doesn't mean everything's always been easy. Matter of fact, when you do commit to God, that's when you'll have some of your greatest challenges. But God has been faithful, and I've never regretted being committed to him. I grew up, as you know, I grew up in a, in a pastor's home. I grew up in, and, and I'm thankful that the church was still standing after my dad preached last week, by the way. But, you know, I, I, grew, up in, I grew up in a pastor's home. And, and, I, and, and I grew up in a Christian home. I've heard my, you know, it wasn't a choice of when I was growing up. Are we going to church? We knew we were going to church. Um, that's a commitment that when I became an adult, I had to decide that we were going to continue that. My children, they've never asked the question, you know, are we going to church? We're going to church. There's just things that we have to commit to do. You know, it would do you well to just make the commitment. It's a frustrating thing for a pastor. And there's men here who have pastored even longer than I've been a pastor. Uh, it's a frustrating, they could probably testify, it's a frustrating thing when you see a child of God who won't commit to do what it is that you know the Lord's burdened them to do. You know it's something that they could do. You know it's, been, it's, been a, it's a frustrating and a heartbreaking thing to see what happens in the lives of people when you come to that verge of commitment, that verge of getting all the way in, that verge of making the commitment and putting down their roots and not doing it. It doesn't end up well the majority of the time because if you're going to stand afar off, there's a lack of commitment. We, we spent many, many weeks on Sunday morning recently in our series, Standing to the Cross, focused on the crucifixion of Christ. I don't have to ask this question. We know the answer. How committed was Christ? Nobody can doubt the commitment of our Savior to paying the sin debt of mankind. As he prayed in that garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, not thy will, not my will, but thine. Well, he was committed. Is it too much to ask for God's people to be committed, go all the way for God? And number one, those that stand afar off have a lack of commitment. Now, I'm saying all this because this is a church that has stood the test of time. You are Christians who have, who have been tried, who've been tested, who've committed. We wouldn't be in the situation we're in if you were not committed. This is just to remind us to make sure if God's speaking to somebody tonight about taking that next step, making that commitment, don't be numbered with the sons of the prophets. Don't be numbered with those that won't go all the way. 
uh, we, we, we admire Elisha and say, he went all the way and look what he got to see and look what he got to do. But he was willing to step out and go all the way. That leads me to number two. There are always more that stand afar off than are fully committed. There's a larger crowd of the 50 of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. They wanted to see. I think there's a lot of Christians who they, they position themselves and they stand and they watch. That crowd's always larger. This church is an, is an exception to all of the rules, if you will, in many, many ways. But, you know, there's a percentages that they say of your people who are givers and we're way above that. And I praise the Lord for that. I don't know if it's 100%. I don't know that or not. It, it should be 100% if it's not. Uh, you know, there's percentages that I, I think it's something like this, that uh, 20% of the people in the church do 80% of the work. Uh, that's a typical church. Now, this isn't, that's not our church. Uh, our church is, is, as, a, as a whole is very involved. Um, but whatever that percentage is, is everybody involved in doing something for the Lord? Everybody ought to be committed to doing something for the cause of Christ. And those that stand afar off, that crowd is always larger. There's a lot of churches in this area, and I don't know them. It's not my business what they do, but I would dare say that there's many who just sit back, will sit back and see what happens, and I think God's church is supposed to advance. God's church is supposed to press forward. God's church is supposed to make a difference. Uh, we, we, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of, church of God, and I think that's what we're supposed to do. There's a lot of Christians who say, well, we'll see what happens. And we get the guy get this mindset, we gotta get rid of this mindset. Well, well, wait till the next election, where there may not be a next election. God may call us out of here. And I want to be busy, faithful, doing everything that I can do if that time when that time comes. But that crowd is always larger. Let's determine that as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, that the majority is always gonna be those who could position themselves to go all the way forward, be committed. Be committed for him. Don't be part of the crowd that will not commit. By the way, that's why churches die. That's why they die. It's because there comes a generation that will not commit like the previous generation. I thank God for those who in, the, who, who in this church, who've been part of this church for 25 years plus, 30 years plus, uh, some who've been here since the very beginning, uh, the church, church was founded uh, through all the different mergers and different things. I thank God for that. But the reason why we continue on is because there's had to be others who make the commitment. And no matter where you fall as a young adult, a teenager, or a child, somewhere in between, uh, why don't you make sure you're part of the crowd that commits and not the part that stands afar off. Imagine those that stood afar off and it's easy to be part of that crowd that I just want to wait and see what happens. You know, they're, they're the, they're the, you know those Fairweather fans? They, they come out of Nowhere when all of a sudden a team, a sports team rises up and they're good. You know, you know, I, I remember you know, through, through, the, through the years and the decades and I can tell who, what team is doing well because it's like, you didn't like that team before. You, weren't, you, 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 you didn't like them before. You weren't a fan before. Now all of a sudden you're a fan. Uh, you know, when it comes to the things of God, that's not the way we should be involved. We should be committed. Number three, those that stood afar off are watchers, not workers. I've grown up in church. I've been in the ministry a long time. I'm a very observant person. I like to learn by watching. I like to learn by um, studying. I like to learn uh, those ways. I like to learn by experience. 
And those that, and again, I thank God for everybody who attends the Emmanuel Baptist Church. And I, I'm not too naive to think that not everybody who attends on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or even Wednesday night crowd, not everybody's as committed as, 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 as I think they should be. But no matter where that is, one thing is typically true. Those that stand afar off are not the workers. This is what I don't want for you and for me. To see a need and go and tell somebody else they need to fulfill that need. If we see a need, that means we ought to be willing to fulfill that need. It's like somebody coming to me, Pastor, the restroom is dirty. Okay. I'm happy to go address that. But by the time you could have walked up here and told me the restroom is dirty, you might could have done something about that. I, want, I don't do this, but I want to say, did you, know, did you need to know where the toilet brush was? Did you need to know where the mop was? Is that why you're asking me? Well, that's an extreme, maybe not too extreme uh, illustration. But the point I'm making is if you're committed, you're going to be a worker and not a watcher. Be involved in the things of God. Then number four, I told you I was going to get here fast, didn't I? Those that stood afar off missed seeing a once-in-a-lifetime miracle. Verse 11, And it came to pass as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire. It parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. I read that, and it gives me goosebumps. Can you imagine what that must have been like? When you read the Bible, try and picture it in your mind. Where that chariot of fire, what that must have been like. Well, Elisha saw that in 3D. He saw that in surround sound. He witnessed it. He was an eyewitness to this once-in-a-lifetime miracle. You know why? Because he didn't stand far off. There's a lot of Christians who are not as close as they could be. They're not as committed as they could be. And let me just remind all of us, God don't need us. It, 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 God, God, God can do whatever. God can make the rocks cry. I thank God for our choir and the music we have, and there is no music like the music of Emmanuel Baptist Church. But if, if all the Christians refuse to serve God in that capacity, he could just make the rocks sing. And praise him. We get to be involved in the work of God. But you know what it takes? It takes commitment. For those of you, as I, as I look around and I, and I think about those who've been here for a long, long time, you've got to see a lot. You've got to see a lot of people trust Christ as their Savior. I could bring illustrations to the pulpit tonight, and I, wouldn't do, I didn't do it because of time, and I, wouldn't do it because I didn't plan to do it. But I can bring newspaper articles of young adults who were tragically killed and they were in different states, but they rode our buses and were saved and baptized in our church. You know what that is? That's a miracle. Well, there's miracles that we could tell and we could talk about. You know why we get to see that? Because we're not standing afar off. We're involved. You know who gets the greatest satisfaction uh, when, God, when God calls a young child and God uses a child that grows? That the Sunday school teacher who was committed those that were committed to being a part, a mom and dad who decided no matter what happens, I'm just, I'm, we're going to be in, our family's going to be in, we're going to be committed. 
uh, with the church. Our, 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 our social calendar is going to revolve around the church calendar. Uh, we're going to be involved in the things of God. Boy, those that stand afar off, they, they miss seeing the miracles that they could have seen. Boy, they miss the miracles of changed lives. They miss the miracles of answered prayers. They miss seeing God do supernatural things. We, it, it's a danger for us to get used to seeing God do supernatural things. God blesses us week in and week out. Why aren't you thankful for that? And I know in a sense, and I'll use the old terminology, I'm preaching to the choir tonight. This is a faithful church. This is a church who stayed faithful. You've been committed. You're here on a Sunday night when half the church is traveling the country today. You're here, you're committed, you're committed to the things of God. Uh, you, you've given extra to our building programs. You've, you've, you've done all those things. But I'm speaking to the person tonight, and I don't know who it is. But you know that your commitment is not what it should be. And it's not because you're not saved. It's not because you don't love God. You've just positioned yourself afar off when you could be up close. You've, if I could put it this way, you've settled for the cheap seats when you could be sitting courtside. You're, you're, you're content with just hearing about the things of God when you could actually catch the mantle as it falls. You're, you're content with, with, with oh, you know, the, you know it's not going to work out like you think, Elisha. You know you're, and you get comfortable in that, in that crowd and Whenever that one does step out and commit, it makes the whole crowd feel a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, why don't you evaluate your commitment? Maybe there's somebody not. You've been saved, but you haven't been baptized. Take that next step. Maybe you need to get more involved in the church. Take that next step. Maybe there's a place of service that you know that you're supposed to be serving in. Take that next step. Make that point of co commitment. As I read this passage, what a powerful passage of scripture that I've preached many, many sermons from. We talk about the fire of God. We talk about the man of God. We talk about Elisha. Just happened to be in the right place at the right time. No, he didn't just happen to be. He determined to be. I wonder, I don't know the answer to this, but I wonder how many others, what they could have accomplished if they had decided not to stand afar off. There had to be a reason why they didn't commit like Elisha committed. Doesn't mean they were all horrible people. Doesn't mean that they were reprobates. Doesn't mean that they were uh, they weren't they weren't they didn't believe in God. They didn't mean all those things. They didn't have that commitment. You know what it takes when you make that commitment. You know what it does. Well, it puts challenges all your weaknesses. It challenges all your faults and your failures. You know, you can't commit to be uh, faithful to the house of God unless you rearrange that schedule. You can't commit to be in your Bible every day like you should be to get closer to God without perhaps getting up a little bit earlier. So I just don't have time to, to make that commitment. Well, if you put your phone down during the day, you might would have time. Well, I just, I just, I just don't know that I, I can do that. Yeah, you may have to give something up to make that commitment. Why don't we make that commitment, whatever it is tonight? And I, I know this is a this is a church that has been committed, but I'm speaking to the individual tonight.
This is the message the Lord brought to my attention. He wanted me to preach tonight. So I want you to, as we go into the summer months, I want you to determine to be committed. Maybe there's somebody here tonight, you've been committed and you're rethinking, what do I really need to continue doing? I'm not talking about health. I'm not talking about those things. But am I really committed? Oh, I know I made that commitment to the building program, but what, how's your commitment? Well, are you ready to take that next step? Well, there's Jacksonville's a big city. Did y'all realize that? Uh, it's a, is there a lot of people to reach and help? There's a lot to do for the cause of Christ. Boy, the, you say, well, I just don't know what God would ever have me and what ministry would ever have me in. Oh, just a, a ministry of helping people, loving people, encouraging people, praying for people. Hey, there's not enough hours in the day to pray for everybody that needs to be prayed for, to help everybody that could be helped. But it takes commitment. Maybe some of you young couples, you look at some of these, and I'll use older couples. I'll use a Bible word, the aged men and the aged women. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll use that terminology. You look at them and say, I wonder how they made it here. Uh, it wasn't always easy. How they, they were committed. They were just too stubborn to quit, I guess, in some respects. Uh, but why don't, we, why don't we stay committed? I've never, I've never, I've, I've always strived, and I continue to do this, to find those older men of God who stayed faithful. And I attach myself to them. Um, do I think some mantle's going to fall? Oh, I, that's not what I'm after. But I see the commitment that they've made. I've never heard one of them say, I'm sorry that I stayed committed. But they testify and testify and testify. I'm thankful that I stay committed to the cause of Christ. I remember spending some time with Dr. Al Lacey a year or so before he went, he went to heaven. What a precious time that was and precious memory just to hear him talk about stories and knowing the battles that he fought for our battle, or for our Bible, and, and the stand that he took all the way to the end of his life. Boy, that, what commitment. That's the kind of commitment that this preacher wants to have. Yeah, it, may you and I be determined to not stand afar off. So the question tonight is, where are you standing? Uh, I say, well, Pastor, right now I'm sitting. Will you get what I'm saying? Are you one of those that would be numbered with those that are standing afar off? Well, I don't want to get all the way in. I don't want to be too committed. I mean, I don't want somebody to think I'm you know, one of those fanatical Christians. I mean, that would be horrible, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, why don't we determine that we're going to take that next step of commitment? So as we go to the invitation tonight, I want you to be thinking, is there an area of your life that you're not quite as committed in as you should be when it comes to the things of God? Maybe you committed to something many, many years ago. It'd be a good time to reaffirm that commitment and say, I'm going to stay committed. I, maybe there's an area you say, well, I need to take that next step so that uh, I, I want to do more for, for the Lord. I, I, I want to be involved in the things of God. It's really about making ourselves available. It's been said, and I'm not the first one to say it, won't be the last one to say it, the greatest ability is availability. And God uses people who make themselves available. God uses people who say, well, I don't have the talent. He's never once put a premium on talent. 
He's just said, offer the talents that you have. But it takes commitment. It takes commitment. Uh, young people, young adults, are you committed? Are you committed? It's good to make, I'm thankful, and I'm just talking just for a little bit, if you'll permit me. I'm thankful that as a young man, there's some commitments that I made before I needed to make them, if that makes sense. If I can use the illustration, when I do some premarital counseling with couples that are going to be married, I, I tell them, well, you better, you know, when it comes to children, you, you need to talk about how you're going to rear your children. You need to talk about the kind of home you want to have before they're here. You need to talk about what you're going to discipline them for. You better talk about the things that are non-negotiables in your house. You better, men, you better, you better decide what the non-negotiables are before you say, I do. You better decide how you're going to rear those children because when they're born, especially in those babies, they look at you just like, I couldn't imagine this perfect, innocent angel ever being anything but perfect. Yeah, they, you, know, you may think your kids are good. They're not. But you better decide before you have to decide. You young men that want to be used in ministry, you need to decide before you get in ministry. But I thank God, you know, some of the things, the battles that, I, that, that I've seen and others have seen. So how did you get through it? I decided a long time ago I'm committed. I'm, I'm committed to the things of God. Uh, why don't we make sure that we're committed? I'm committed to the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm committed to Christ. I'm committed to my Heavenly Father. I'm committed to the work that God has for us. Uh, where are you standing? I've often made this statement. It's a good one for me to end with tonight. Could you imagine if everybody who named the name of Christ was fully committed to his cause? Sometimes we read Acts 1-8 and we hear preachers preach on it. Go into all of the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost. And basically Christ says, win the world. So that can never be done. God never tells us to do something that cannot be done. So, Pastor, do you believe the world could be one for Christ? Absolutely. But you know what it take? It takes full commitment from every child of God. Say, so, well, that's not going to happen. Well, let's break it down to what we can control. What if the Emmanuel Baptist Church, every member, was fully committed and, and decided, I'm not going to stand afar off and just watch. I want to be down there where the action is, so to speak. I'm going to go all the way. Elisha, I, my personal opinion, if he could have got on that chariot and went with him, he'd have got on that chariot and went with him. He went as far as he could go. It's not a coincidence that he was used the way he was used. Well, I want to be used of God, don't you? As your pastor, I want you to be used of God. I want God, I want you to know what it's like. Many of you could testify how God has blessed you beyond what you ever could imagine. You know, and you could trace it back to, I made a commitment to serve. I made a commitment to go as far as I could. Father, I pray that you to help us tonight as we consider these truths.